This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com hello rich here with a reminder that alongside the stfc official supporters club the low strangers podcast is going live on wednesday the 13th of november 2019 the venue is the legends lounge in the county ground and it costs five pounds entry it's open to all but osc members will receive a drinks voucher up to £5 upon entry. Tickets must be bought in advance from either the website, which is www.stfc-osc.com, or from the Swindon Town Official Supporters Club table in the Legends Lounge on match days. It's going to be great fun. So the format is thus. It will be predominantly a pub quiz hosted by Vic Morgan. And then in the middle... I will host a Q&A with members of Swindon Town's current playing and management staff. And then we'll return to the pub quiz. It's a great opportunity for all of us to meet up, talk Swindon and argue over whether Spock was half Vulcan, half human or just Vulcan. I for one cannot wait. See you there. Hello and welcome to The Love Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast with me, Rich Pullen. Proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, what a good goal! Far post for Shearer. Goal! Ball now! That's Steve White. Catch to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! Well, we got him in the end. Ben, are you there? 
I am here. We've got uh, enough time before I uh, actually do something ripening for once. So, um, so yeah, I am. I am here uh, just in time. This is going to be an interesting episode. If we manage to drag this out for longer than I anticipate, it'll be quite some achievement. I have been away on a little family weekend in Beer, Devon. For a few hours, we thought that this might be just me talking to to the audience with no response, and well, that wouldn't have been pretty. Yeah, well, um, you've 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 done okay generally. I think we were we've gone weekly with the ways, and obviously, I, I don't go to the ways, so you've managed to get other people in. But, um, you know, this week we've got two people talking about a game when neither has attended. So um, buckle just, up, listeners, this will be interesting. Just like the good old days. <laughs> well, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Enough. I could just skip past the ways and the monthly <laughs> ones and, uh, and just about get away with it. But, yeah, weekly is a lot more difficult. And, uh, you know, like I said, there's two people talking about a game that didn't attend. So this should be a laugh. Well, before we get to the game and a return of, well, form that's more akin to last season than this season, we'll talk about the signing that was announced in the hours before kickoff at Valley Parade, and that was that Swindon had signed Gabriel Zakuani. Is that pronounced correctly? I'm going with that, yeah. He's, yeah. he's been around the EFL for a long time, and I've, I've been going for that, so uh, we'll go for that. Oh, he's been around forever, starting his career at Leighton Orient, then moving to Fulham, not getting any league games with them, and then he had a long, decent career with Peterborough United, went overseas for a little while, only to return to Peterborough and since then he's been doing the one two-year contract thing with Northampton and Ginningham joining this week on a short-term contract it's one of those signings if this was maybe 2015 it would have been a very exciting transfer and I use the term exciting you know whether you guys find that exciting or not but it would have been a very very decent uh, acquisition because of the amount of experience he's got and We'll get to his reviews a bit later, but I still think it's all right. Yeah, I think it's as good as you're going to get for for what it is. I mean, uh, free agent signings in um, October aren't exactly going to be world beaters. But um, yeah, I think it's as good as um, we could have got. I, I mentioned the list briefly that I, I composed last week. And I said at the time it wasn't, uh, didn't compose of, of loads of stellar names. So for someone who's got a, a decent bit of experience in League One and the Championship and, and that sort of thing, it's um, it's as good as you can hope for. And uh, like you said, it's only a deal until January. So if he impresses during this, what is it, three, four, five months, then hopefully he can extend to the season if if Conroy's injury is as bad as we fear and um, if he impresses if he impresses generally. What the majority of the listeners want to know is, it is the first Gabriel to play for Swindon and of course the first Zakuani not the first Democratic Republic of Congo player to play for Swindon though because I'm pretty sure Pat Kanyuka was from the Democratic Republic of Congo as well yeah that's, that's a good good memory there that, that, I, I was shocked when you said that he wasn't the first but then uh, you sort of remember the back of programs and they've all got the nation's flag and uh, <laughs> and Pat Kanyuka did, did, did definitely have that Congo flag so um so yeah well remembered it's, well thank you very much but is there anything more satisfying than saying Democratic Republic of Congo? Not for me, because I can't speak normally. So um, <laughs> normally get my uh, my tongue tied, and it's normally a mess. So um, Democratic Republic. There you go. Yeah, I've so, yeah, already. so, um, so yeah. No, it's not fun for me. You call it Zaire still, don't you? <laughs> no, I'm not that old. Uh, just uh, just Congo will do for me, and I'll I'll face any um, sort of long-standing political battles with that. Gabriel was born in late May 1986. Number one, the day he was born was an absolute horror show. It was the Chicken Song by Spitting Image, a song that 
I'm not ashamed to say legitimately gave me nightmares as a child. I'm also too young for spitting image as well. So, um, but they're bringing that back though. So uh, I, I look forward to that. Well, let's not delay proceedings any further because Swindon Town have lost for the second time in a row. It's the third loss in four games for Swindon in the league, and there were plenty of changes for the game against Bradford. Uh, the lineup was McCormick and Goal. At the back, you had Rob Hunt, Ellis Iandolo. Zeki Friars and the debutant Gabriel Zakuani. In midfield, you had the returning Jordan Lydon, Anthony Grant, Kane Woolery, Keshi Anderson and Lloyd Isgrove. And up front, Jerry Yates. Out of the side went Danny Rose and, of course, Owen Doyle, who wasn't able to play against his parent club. Before we discuss what went wrong at Valley Parades before the game, there was a lot of positivity regarding this starting eleven. Yeah, it's good to see um, Lydon back and... Obviously, the Doyle change was, was forced. Uh, I'm still not sure if Woody went on top or, or went into the ring in a 4-2-3-1, but it's good to see him back in the fold again because he's been out um, since, since the formation change. So, so, yeah, I think the main thing was Leiden coming back and obviously having an actual centre-back in centre-back, which, which we didn't have last week. So, um, yeah, the lineup was was positive if, um, if it didn't prove successful in the end. And the game sort of played out in this sort of tense manner. I was following it from from where I was staying and it seemed to be end to end in the first half but but the rhetoric from well certainly the Swindon advertiser suggested that Bradford were getting the better of the chances I can't offer as, as deep as insight as that I was just sort of uh I was at a different game so I was uh I was just rapidly checking BBC at any given opportunity so all I could really see was that there wasn't many shots on target, especially in the first half. Anyway, I think Swindon had zero for a, at least the vast majority of the first half. So, from where I was standing at a completely different ground, it didn't look, didn't read great. But um, the people who were there can offer a much better insight, and you know, it, it definitely sparked into life in the last what was it twenty minutes or so, where where three goals came in quickly session to um, make the game a bit interesting. Yeah, they were. Was it fifteen minutes with all three? Uh, Hope Akpan giving Bradford the lead on 69 minutes. Jerry Yates equalising shortly afterwards on 74, but then almost immediately Shea McCartan uh, scoring with 11 minutes to go. And I hope you can appreciate this is quite tough to analyse because neither myself or Ben was actually at the game. I was desperately hoping to get somebody on who either was at the game or followed it on I follow, but it wasn't to be. It was another one where the 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 reactions were Stephen Bender has to play, and it's almost certain that he's going to play in the Leasing dot com Trophy fixture against Plymouth on Tuesday. But McCormick does have a tendency to punch into the middle of the box. I, I have seen that a fair few times and he was definitely guilty of doing that for one of the goals against Bradford. Yeah, I, I have seen the goals at least and um, the first one is not good from a goalkeeping point of view. Like you said, it is palm straight to uh, straight to the opposition and, and they score from it. So, you know, I've been saying for about two, three weeks now that I would like Benzer playing, but certainly in the last um, couple of weeks it's it's got worse for McCormick given the um, the Howard Colchester and like we said, I wasn't massively 
delighted with the second goal against in, in the most recent home game. So, so that wasn't great either. And then we've obviously had this at the weekend. So, I also expect Bender to be playing in the the midweek game in the um, EFL Trophy, and hopefully he doesn't do anything terribly and, and does get the nod um, in the league game against Plymouth as well. Oh, but it'd be a hell of a blow if he was to be dropped just before a double header against his former club. <laughs> Not that it matters, of course. <laughs> It's one of the few clubs that uh, that like him, I think, and uh, we we had a, we had extra when I'm sure he got um, dog abuse there. So um, so it would be a shame for McCormick, but clearly he's made um, I, I say half an hour in the in the most recent one, so two and a half hours in, in the last three games. So uh, it's not been great for him in in recent weeks. I'm no expert at goalkeeping, so I'm not going to pretend that I am. You know, a font of knowledge when it comes to when it comes to the art of goalkeeping. But one thing I know is that you palm it to the side, right? Especially in that scenario. And and like I said, I, he, he does have a tendency to to go for maybe not the spectacular, but for someone with his experience, you would think there's nothing else a goalie can do. But that one seemed to maybe surprise him. But if he's putting it to the side, there's no danger. Yeah, see if you can get um, David Priest on the line in, uh, in, in the next few hours because he's the, he's the only one that goes sort of proper insight on goalkeepers mm-hmm. I think but but clearly I, I'm no expert either but um, yeah it's, it's not a great um, bit of play from him there but the worst error was clearly Colchester where he just sort of let it um, slip between his legs somehow so uh, that wasn't ideal but it's, like I said it's been a bad couple of books for him and and hopefully Bender isn't much worse and can get uh, can get a few minutes under his belt in recent weeks. We are assuming that Bender is a very very good goalkeeper, aren't we? I'm praying <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it's been no secret that I wanted a new goalkeeper um, all summer, and uh, we got one very late, and it's only a lonely, and he still hasn't got in. So <laughs> he could be he could be much worse, but um, I'd, I'd like to at least uh, see him given a shot because you know, like I said, it's not been a great few weeks for McCormick. We'll talk about the miss in just a moment, but Yates's goal was very well taken. Yeah, very nice indeed. I think I saw Gary Bowie's interview on EFL on Quest, and he wasn't delighted with their defending for that. But yeah, it is a well taken goal, but sadly you can uh, make account with the the last minute chance or the very late chance that, that came to him to make it two two and rescue a point. But it's certainly a a good goal that very very briefly looked like it might rescue a point. It's not miss of the century. The the header by Yates just moments after McCartan makes it two one. Town have an opportunity where where it's crossed low and Yates does everything he's supposed to do. He heads it down and somehow it it goes over. Yeah, you think maybe he should maybe go with his feet and try and stretch for it, but I think it's a very instinctive, mm. I would say finish, but he doesn't score it, a very instinctive sort of move to try and to try and score, and, and clearly he gets a bit wrong and somehow manages to head out over the bar, but I think it's a, a more difficult chance than it perhaps looks um, when when you're watching on TV, whereas when you're in the moment, it's a, it's a more difficult chance to figure out what you're going to do and how to how to stir it in, but nevertheless, it's still not a great miss, and um, you know, like I said, it's ultimately costly in the end. Again, through re- reading the the feed on Twitter of the Swindon advertiser, they were they were saying that Bradford were getting a lot of joy on the left, and this was maybe a return to the Ellis Iandolo of previous seasons, where it just wasn't working for him, or they were exploiting him and getting quite a bit out of the game as a result of it. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a running theme for me that I, I can't offer anything deep to to say anything about Bradford um, specifically, but clearly Iandolo, someone says he's not a defender anyway, but if he is a left back, then clearly he's more offensive than defensive. So 
there are going to be times where the right wing gets the best of him and and teams target him because he's not um, an out-and-out defender. And you could say the same for Rob Hunt as well, but clearly he's been a right-back for a lot longer and is more experienced there. But Iandolo is still probably learning the defensive side of it that, that could be exploited. But nevertheless, it's been uh, it's one bad week in about, in about four that he would have had, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. But mm. um, clearly some teams might target because he, he's not massively experienced in that role. Robinson thrashing this one across and cleared only to Mark Walters. Can he make room for the shot? Blocked, but there's Horner! A brilliantly driven in equaliser from Kevin Horner! You're listening to the Low Strangers podcast, proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. Let's go through the questions that I have received for this episode quite a few of you watched this on iFollow including SN1 Robbins the negatives struggled to deal with a more physical side again Bradford bullied us in the first half and it took us 45 minutes to learn how to deal with it the two goals were sloppy and again came from our own errors I think sometimes our squad is slightly naive or inexperienced and at places like Bradford we need to be more streetwise and know when to play and when not to the positives we played a lot better in the second half and if Jerry puts the header away from two yards we're probably coming away with a very good point at a very difficult away ground and the reaction would be totally different I think we need to put this into perspective that this is one of the toughest games we'll play this season to add on to SM1 Robbins's comments and thank you very much for those it's this thing that's been sneaking in the last few weeks which is beginning to get a bit of traction as we're not beating what's in quotation marks the better teams and this was a great chance for town to at least get a point yeah, it's, it's not ideal. I think it, it maybe look not as bad in isolation. If it was just one defeat at Bradford, people I think would struggle and think, yeah, Bradford are pretty good and it's a, it's a tough away game. We wouldn't worry about it, but um, it's been quite a few bad results now, so it all just sort of piles in and makes it look worse. So that's not great. And if, if Plymouth is a defeat as well, and that's, that's going to really, uh, you know, the rules be falling off and, and that um, sort of trend. So, yeah, I don't think the result is too bad on, on its own, but clearly it's been a a bad theme for a few weeks and, and like you said the more physical sides are, are getting the best this winded and uh, they've still got to figure that out which hopefully won't take too long but clearly it's been a, a big problem in the last month and a half or so but this is an issue isn't it because Lee 2 is stereotypically and, and probably in this season correctly so it is a physical division isn't it so you know for all the great stuff we can play we've got to make sure we can go toe-to-toe with the teams that don't necessarily want to play football and want to do it the old school way which is not a crime if it gets the results, then so be it. Yeah, I think it can be combated, though. I think we don't see the sluggers go up every year. I think, obviously, Lincoln have, were very successful, but we still see um, the the Nathan jones Luton were very attacking and, and I won't say well in desk, but they, weren't, they were not exactly um, physical and, and and lumping it every week. And, and crew did very well um, last season and started well this season. Exeter, as well, were uh, are quite, are quite free-flowing and not direct, so... The, the the better footballing sides to use a, ter- a terrible cliche do do get success in League Two and I think Swindon can be amongst them but but clearly they've had a a succession of weeks where they've been playing those more there's more physical sides that are getting the better of them but Swindon have got their fair share of physical players too I think you know Anthony Grant is no uh, is no twig and Sakuani will add to that as well so 
there's definitely some players that can be used to to combat that, but clearly it's been, like I said, difficult in the last few weeks. Mm. Max Springer, on a positive note, he just wanted to give a shout-out to the amazing away following. As a Red based in Manchester, I'm always happy to see how many fans we get travelling up to the northern away days. And, you know, over 500 for the long journey up to Bradford, that's pretty good. Yeah, although we've played Bradford quite a few times in the last decade or so, it's still one of these better grounds in the Football League where Swindon normally go to. It's certainly better than Morecambe and Macclesfield and that sort of ground. So, so yeah, even though it's not like a, a unique in the sense that we don't, we don't play them often, it's still a, a ground that people like to tick off and it's, it's clearly a nice one in former Premier League and the rest of it. So it wasn't, even though it's a long trip, it doesn't massively surprise me that there's quite such a high number because it's a, I think it's a, a ground that people circle off for um, for future away days. So that's, that's positive, but um, yeah, the the more numbers will help with results and that sort of thing. And it didn't work didn't work this week, but I do think we'll be be better away uh, more weeks than not. So those who do travel should normally get um, good return for their for their long journeys and and uh, higher match fees. Peter Norris notes the teams that we've played in the top eight. Where Swindon still reside, we're seventh on twenty points. So in eighth, Colchester, we've lost. Sixth, Bradford, we've lost. Fifth, Cheltenham, we've drawn. We've not played Crewe yet in fourth. Third, Newport, we've lost. In second, Exeter, we've drawn and we haven't played Forest Green Rovers yet. So Peter's question is, are Swindon good enough to get promoted? Yeah, I still think they are. I think there's enough of the league which is, which is very beatable. I think I've been saying for about two weeks now that any team that does look decent is getting the best of them and they'll need to figure that out. But I think there'll be enough of the league where they can they can get past them. But clearly it's been a, a pretty difficult start and we've got Corona fortnight, so um so that'll be a good test as well. So see so yeah, I think it's there, there is work doing also to beat these these better and inverted common sides, but I think they will sort it eventually and whether that's enough of promotion, I'm not quite sure, but that will um keep our fingers tightly crossed, I think. I think it's a case of now Swindon a weathering of, of kind of kind of a micro storm where it's it's quite tough starting from a, maybe the Newport game it's a, it's a tough month isn't it that we're that we're encountering and there's some tricky games ahead because we've got Plymouth Argyle and Crew Alexandra and of course if we win those two games we are in the promotion places most likely but if we lose them <laughs> we're going to we're going to drop quite significantly but what happens after that is what 32 more games so you know it's 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 not the end of the world but we do need to be weary that that Swindon are not getting the the results against teams where it could go either way yeah I, I look at the table again yesterday after a result to check how far we'd fall and and uh it's still a surprise and I think it's still only three points between us and, and yeah. Forest Green and top but it's certainly not it's certainly not much more than that if if it is so Four. one result still does change this dramatically and or, or it could do anyway and uh that's why I'm not overly panicking yet and I still think we'll get to Christmas first before I start to properly get some insight into the table because it does change pretty dramatically every week or, or it could do mathematically. So I, I'm not I'm not in total meltdown mode yet, but clearly it's been a, a bad month of of defeats and the, the next two games aren't exactly um, a dream either. So they will need to turn up for the next fortnight to hopefully rectify it and uh, 
and and try and get the season back on track. But clearly, it's a like I said, it's a, there's a long way to go, regardless of the outcome on the next of the next fortnight. So I wouldn't be overly panicky too yet. But they they will need to rectify this um, as soon as. Yeah, I mean, after the crew game on the 19th of October, we've got a midweek fixture against slowly Stevenage, and that. If that doesn't go Swindon's way and we haven't had much, much joy, that's where things could possibly turn. I don't like really talking in that rhetoric, but let's face it, that's that's what could happen. And then Crawley away and then Walsall at home. So that it gets, it looks like it gets a little lighter, but they've really got to stay on their toes and, and be as professional as they can. There's there's no easy games for Swindon as it stands. Yeah, certainly. I hope Stevenage have won a game by the time that result yeah. comes around because you know we'll be the first one to lose to lose them if they haven't. So so it's it's a bit lighter. It's not easy. It's not easy because Walsall's the decent side that just aren't doing very well at the moment. And Crawley, I think, have improved this season under Chioffi. So. Yeah, it's not it's not a dream, but I think that I said this last week. But the in League Two, anyone can can beat anyone. So I think we've seen at the weekend that Scunthorpe, who are doing pretty badly, how Plymouth uh, in in Plymouth. So so anything can can happen, and uh, and Exeter will drop stupid points, and and Forest Green will drop stupid points, and so will Plymouth, Bradford, and everyone else. So hopefully we win more games than we don't, and uh, can get the season back on track. But clearly, it does um, it does get a little better in the next month, but. There aren't. I don't think there are enough games in League Two that are guaranteed three points. Sadly, mm. Tim of the Town. He says positive was Gabby in defence. Really thought we'd struggle without Conroy. The negative was the lack of firepower and zero options on the bench. Bradford were nothing special, and no one has scared me in this league apart from Newport. So still half full here. Yeah, I think obviously they were they were hamstrung by not having Doyle around, so that didn't help going forward. But it, it, this striker dev isn't great, given it's Johnny Yates, Doyle, and Twine. So I think the the, the comment about having enough one on the bench is is valid. But Doughty was still on the bench and came on and sadly didn't do anything by the by the sounds of it. So I do think there are options there, but clearly it's not great, especially in the striker department, given uh, given it is just Doyle, Yates, and Twine. Mm. Got a selection of statements and questions from Pete Marsh. Thank you, Pete. The big takeaway was that Gabby Zakuani came in and did a good job, but Baudry and Conroy seem to have been the linchpins in building attack from defence. McCormick was criticised in kicking long on social media. Maybe it was too early for a new defender for the short ball. Yeah, that would take time, but clearly Tindam were in an emergency situation when they had to bring someone in soon. Although Zakawani has been around at the EFL for a long time, I'm, I'm, I assume he's more of a traditional inverted commas defender rather than the uh, the modern ball playing one. I'll get proper luck on at the at the weekend, but um, but yeah, it's, uh, that will take time, and hopefully uh, Baldry can be can be back sooner rather than later to to be that ball playing defender again that can start moves. But clearly, Conroy is a big loss, and don't think even if Zakawani is quite good, I don't think Conroy will be. Um, Sufficiently replaced in the in the, uh, the ball playing sort of sort of mould, so there's a lot of pressure on Baldry to to one come back and two sort of tease Zakawani that that sort of um, that's that play and hopefully build moves um, himself and help Zakawani with that as well. Still with Pete Marsh, were Twine and May late subs with the EFL Trophy on Tuesday versus Plymouth in mind to meet the quota? Having to chop and change the lineup so often seems to be the main issue. 
It's a talented squad with a talented manager. We need to sort it out. Tuesday night doesn't matter. Well, he's right on the latter. I don't know, is it starting 11 or is it just anyone who plays in the previous game? I think it's anyone that plays, yeah. So I, I, wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have thought they would, they'd just bring time on just to fill a quota for, for Tuesday. I think obviously they needed a goal and they thought they took the, the one striker they did have on the bench on, but... Uh, but but yeah, clearly it wasn't not, not exactly the greatest sub you can make at a time like that. But I wouldn't have thought it was a Tuesday in mind. It just uh, makes it a bit more annoying than the EFL. I like that, but I'll, I'll be perhaps naive and uh, and, and trust the process of uh, if that was very much with um, just trying to get a rescue point against Bradford in mind. We continue with Pete. Reason to be cheerful. A run of bad results, but still in touch. Jacuani means that Friars can move back to the left. Iandolo can play pretty much anywhere, so very useful off the bench. Doughty back in contention. Wellens need some tweaks, but have faith. Yeah, we've mentioned a few times that there's there's more than enough room for rotation. I think Doughty's still not starting um, since his return from from injury, which is which is quite strange. But um, I think that'll be a, a question of when, not if, and. I would like. I would have liked to see it a week or two ago, but hopefully the the recent run of form will be a catalyst to get him in for the game against Plymouth that matters uh, at the weekend. So I, I think there are options to rotate to to get us out of this mini slump. But um, clearly, it's not been great in recent weeks. But I think there are options to um, to tinker things around a bit. Hannah Clinch says the new centre back looks promising and wasn't afraid to get stuck in. Anthony Grant. Had another solid game. We missed Doyle up top, and I worry how we'll cope if he gets recalled. We had a lot of possession, but seem to be lacking the ability to break teams down in the final third. Also, a few key players not at their best. I wonder if there are a few niggly injuries they're having to play with. But again, Hannah emphasises that the bench doesn't have that many options uh, that can change the game. Yeah, I, I think it's... Well, I, I sort of touched it on the bench in, in the last point, but, um, but yeah, yeah, he still scored. So although Doyle was sounded like it was a big miss, at least the, the, the striker that had to play on his own did score. And although he missed a bad chance, he still contributed to the goal. So that's a positive, but... If Doyle does get recalled, and I, I, I don't think he will really, but if, if he does, and I think they'll have a plan for replacements, and um, and there'll be someone coming in January to, to fill the void rather than just going with Yates and Twine for the rest of the season. So I won't be too worried, even if he does. But clearly, it sounded like he's a big loss at the weekend. So um, blame the EFL and Bradford for that one. I think uh, Bo Year, the Bradford manager, was saying they're reviewing the situation, but that's because one of the- their players is currently scoring goals. They'd be saying the same if they had somebody out on loan at Redditch United, wouldn't they? They'd be saying, we're reviewing the situation. Ultimately, budgets and things like that mean that it's not as easy as just going, we, we're we bringing you back. Yeah, we've, we've touched mm. on that a few times during this podcast that they're, they're, they might not do it for financial reasons and or they could just be cynical and, and do it mm. because he's doing well at a promotion rival perhaps. But, um, but yeah, it's... it's it's a weird situation we're in, but hopefully we've just got to hope it doesn't happen. If it, if it does, I think Wellens will have a contingency plan in place to um, to sort it out when the, when the time comes, if it does. Mm. Jack Tanner wonders if playing Plymouth in the Tim Pot Trophy before the league fixture will be a help, hindrance or irrelevance. Might Richie Wellens keep a few first-teamers in to boost confidence, or are we not quite yet in crisis mode yet? Look, 
he's got to play X amount of players. We know that already, but I don't... I think if you play your strongest team against what might be a weak Plymouth team and lose, that that makes it worse, doesn't it? I don't think he'll go full strength. I don't think he really cares about the EFL trophy, um, which is the correct opinion to have. Um, like you said, he's got to play a few, so I wouldn't look into the lineup too deeply if, if, he, if there's... Um, Oh, I don't know, Yates starting and, and McCormick starting and, and, and a few first-teamers that um, have got to be playing. Um, we'll be playing on Tuesday because he, he's got to, I'm sure, defence will be that different given there's very little option there, especially in the middle. So I expect that to be normal, but I think it'll be rotated as much as humanly possible, I think, and I don't think there'll be anything to read into the result on Tuesday to go into Saturday because Plymouth will be doing the same thing. So, so yeah, I, I wouldn't pay much attention to Tuesday at all in regards to teams or performance on either side because both of them will be heavily rotated and we'll get the um the, the full performance from both on, on the weekend still with jack in my normal ignorance of the rest of the division i look at the table and note plymouth not starting as well as they hoped bigger disappointment when we inevitably drop points against them i think <laughs> yeah it's a weird one plymouth they've they've, they've certainly i think because of the hype around the summer for them, I mean, I think we both went for Bradford to win the league, but lots of the bookies and lots of the the sort of fans across the division and across the country were saying Plymouth were the team because of the Berry link and things like that. Maybe they're the team to beat, but it's going to be a big crowd on Saturday because of the amount that Plymouth are taking. It's the sort of ingredients of something that I, that makes me feel very nervous going towards that game. But it'll just be another example for the people who go with the we haven't beaten a team that are good even though they're quite a bit below and if they beat us next week we're still above them on points as well yeah I have Plymouth for second uh, and like I said Bradford first so I think I think they'll sort themselves out uh, they're, they're not doing terribly but like I said they're around the around the top half and not where they want to be at this stage so um, you know like I said earlier I, I don't really look at the table too much in, in terms of um, opposition. It's a, it's a, I just sort of look on the teams that I expect to be doing well and playing for one of them. So I will be a bit anxious going into Saturday, and that, that will be that will be tough. But uh, I won't read too much into the table standings too yet, too much yet, and and playing for will sort themselves out in uh, sooner rather than later, I think. But hopefully not as early as Saturday. Matt Anderson, I'm rarely negative about the team after 40 years of ups and downs, but it's hard to watch the slump after such a great start. I jokingly, anxiously, made a comment online a few weeks ago after Ballard, Leiden, Baudry were injured. What happens if Conroy gets a knock? For me, it's really the worst case scenario. Friars came in and has done well. Zakuani is potentially a great signing, especially with a full squad. And you've got to give credit to the management team for finding such a great resource so quickly. But yesterday's performance really highlighted to me how fundamental Conroy is to the success we'll have. There isn't the same confidence, the drive or ambition in the team and in my head all I see are Conroy's spectacular last-ditch tackles, cleaning up when Baudry slips, inspiring from the back with quick passes to release the midfield and massive, accurate diagonals to the front. I think we're really finding out how critical Conroy is and why Wellens made him captain. And I'm genuinely anxious about how we get back to form without him in the side. Matt Anderson there... 
He's a big fan of Dion Conroy, and rightly so, but we've got to find a way of working without him. Yeah, I like Dion too. It was, it was clearly a, a big mess. I think it, it always one we had a, a worry in the back of our mind, given the, he's done it before and um, it didn't look great from the moment it happened against Newport. So it, it's going to be a big loss. And like I touched upon, I don't think Taquan is going to be that sort of um, player in, in, in terms of sweeping the ball back and playing long diags and the rest of it. But. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's. I don't know how they're going to um, cope with Conroy going, but clearly it's a, a big loss, and hopefully Zakawani can can fill in his shoes as much as as much as humanly possible. So here we are, second week in a row where we've 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 had to talk about a loss. How are you how are you feeling going into the the game against Plymouth? Are you feeling like this is the beginning of the the massive wobble, which will result in the fans splitting and suddenly Wellens not being up to the job and players who were brilliant in September getting pelters from from fans in the stands because you know their their pass has has gone out of touch are we are we are we going back to that nervy county ground feeling where if it doesn't go right in the first five to ten minutes then we're going to start channeling that that nervous energy into the pitch how, what's what's how are you feeling ben <laughs> I certainly think that could, ha- that could happen. I think Plymouth might be a, a blessing in disguise. Maybe if, like you said, they're bringing so many that maybe that can inspire the uh, the town and to be a bit more, a bit more loud and a bit, a bit more viscerous and not be quite on the players' backs and rather focus on um, taking the mick out of the opposition fans and the rest of it. So hopefully that can lead to the home fans being a bit louder and not let the the away fans sort of win that. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't feel great. I think I, w- I wouldn't want Plymouth, um, given the run of form we're in, I would have liked someone near the bottom of the table and someone I wouldn't expect to be doing well later, later on in the season. Um, so I don't feel amazing going into Saturday, but I still think they can they can maybe get something. And we are due a win, so um, I'm hoping that uh, form can just sort itself out and and uh, and somebody can get back on track. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not massively I'm not buzzing going into the weekend. Put it that way. I'm feeling very nervous about it. I'm... I I would have said in August that I'd have this down as a 2-1 loss and I'm going to keep it but it's not on the basis of the last 2 weeks. I thought I thought we would have got some some points or a point from either Newport or Bradford alas it wasn't to be but I'm going to stick my stick to my guns and say 2-1 Plymouth. I'll reverse it. I'll go 2-1 town. I'm just going to keep 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 prediction results now until they happen. So um <laughs> So yeah, I, we like I said, we are to a win, and this this hasn't got any science behind it. I don't think. I think Plymouth are probably in a, a better position to, um, in terms of uh, morale wise and, and form wise, and spending of uh, losing key players clearly. But we'll have Doyle back, and he'll have a maybe not a week off. Maybe maybe he'll play Tuesday, but he definitely has some more rest than others. So hopefully that can that can inspire him, and we can get back to winning ways with a a nice uh, a nice win to to um, upset the. You know, one thousand five hundred plus that'll be travelling down from uh, from Plymouth um, at the weekend. Well, as it stands, as we said, we sit seventh after twelve games. When we got promoted under Dennis Wise and predominantly, of course, Paul Sturrock, we were currently in second on twenty four points. During the Paolo Di Canio era in two thousand eleven twelve, we were thirteenth on 16 points we're seventh on 20 so not too dissimilar from 11 12 that's just history but it's a good sort of marker to see how seasons can turn around with the majority of the campaign to play <laughs> i'm gonna make a very lazy uh point now but i was, I was thinking with the kind of season to as a comparison i knew it'd be it, it wouldn't be great compared to this and i sort of remember the season changed after 
some goal, goalkeeping worries with Phil Smith and Lanzano and uh, and the rest of it. And then uh, and then West Fodringham signed, signed on loan from Crystal Palace, got his debut way to Akron to Stanley, which is a nice 2 0 win, and Swindon never looked back. So um, play Bender and uh, we will win games. <laughs> Yeah, almost to the almost to the day, isn't it? Because that Accrington Stanley game was in mid October, wasn't it? So it's not going to be too far away from from that Plymouth fixture. And we played Plymouth shortly after. So lots of irrelevant coincidences there. But he seems to be very loyal, Richie Wellens, to this side. But he came out after the game on Saturday, and he was. I don't think we deserved any points from that game that's not exactly what he said but he was frustrated that we didn't come out with a point but after all said and done due to the sloppiness of the performance that he he didn't have any complaints yeah i think it probably sounds fair given the reports from what we've heard during this podcast that people weren't exactly thrilled by what happened at what happened at valley parade so hopefully there can be at least some sort of rocket to, to, to get up and for the weekend but I'm quite annoyed by this fixture in the middle. In the middle to be honest, mm. it would have been nice to have a nice week off, and then they can they can get back to it for a, a big game. But we've got this largely irrelevant one in the middle, which is which is quite annoying. But hopefully that can be a, a win to springboard onto another one um, against the same opposition in, in the same week. Who are you resting in midweek? As much as I humanly can, I think I'd definitely give Bender his debut. I'd probably give Yates a rest because he needs. He'll probably play on the weekend as well, and Doyle probably needs some fitness back again. So. Probably have Doyle as a lone striker, and what happened to Anderson at half time was that was, was that bad? Or was he just terrible or an injury, injury, or whatever? That could that could be a, a rest for him, and I think there's definitely more than enough changes that need to be made to um, to get Swindon back into back into full flow. Well, there we go. That's all I've got. So I couldn't care less about what happens on Tuesday night. All I hope is that we don't do anything stupid like get somebody sent off or injured because that would I mean it's been mentioned and we've mentioned it in previous weeks that some of those players although they're not sort of declared as as struggling they're limping around a fair bit I mean I've been saying that for in regards to Lloyd Isgrove for a couple of weeks now and that may be the case it may be just the way he walks who knows but (laughs) it's it we, we we have been very unfortunate on the injury front, do we start asking questions beyond the fact that, oh, we knew they were injury prone in the summer, so it's no surprise now, or is 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 there anything more to it than that, or is it just bad luck? I think it's been a pretty brutal couple of months, hasn't it? I think mm-hmm. Wellens definitely complained quite a few times, and we've got another AFI Trophy game now, so that doesn't help, but I think it gives an opportunity to rest as many as you can, and hopefully it is great will be among those sitting out and they will find options for that, and 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 anyone else who's got sort of knocks and strains, and anyone who might be on injections can can have a break for a few days and and be ready for the better better and bigger game of the weekend. Well, there we have it. Hardly the perfect solution to the stress and the strain, but an episode nonetheless. I'm hoping you'll get an ex-player on Thursday. I've got a busy week if everything goes to plan. If not, panic. Ben, do you have anything to add? Uh, no, I think I'll just apologise for probably just uh, gabbling on a bit for what is a game I didn't see and have very little insight into. So um, I should have more insight into Plymouth at the weekend because I'll actually be at it. So um, I'll just have my apologies for this week and we go again next Sunday. I apologise for nothing. Ben, thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers, man.
The Low Strangers is proudly sponsored by the official STFC Supporters Club. The music was created by the great Matthew Kilford and the artwork was provided expertly by John Daglish. Thanks for listening. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.